1: What's up, everyone? We're back. Another episode of the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast. Andrew, we're here. We're back after really one of the, the wildest days of Ohio State Recruiting Camp, I can remember, uh, whether that was actually physically at camp or away from camp. It has been quite a day this Tuesday, June 21st. Uh, how you doing, Andrew? And did you, were you able to keep up with it all from afar?
2: Yeah, I'm doing well. And I know last week we talked about how I've never actually been to a camp, and it sounds like today's camp would have been a uh, great one to kind of give me my first taste. But, uh, I mean, it's just been a wild, wild few days here. I think this last weekend, the the official visits this last weekend, we almost looked at it as kind of an appetizer to next weekend, which is going to be even bigger. So it's just um, just an insane time in the Ohio State recruiting world right now.
1: So I think last weekend was more of the weekend for the – the deal ceiling to be done with some of those guys. Whereas this weekend is more of like a a pitch, the recruiting pitch, why the guys should come here. And I think we'll get into that in a little bit, maybe compare the weekends now that one's in the rear view and one is squarely, you know, in the focus, but here, let's just recap what happened on Tuesday. So Stacey Gage, uh, really talented running back does a private workout five-star 2024 does a private workout with Tony Alford at let's say, one o'clock I had just finished eating lunch it was probably about one o'clock so about one forty-five, I head back into the woody and I see Dylan Rayola walking with Carnell Tate who we didn't know was going to be there so you have a five-star 2024 commit and a five-star 2023 now commit talking to each other and you knew that they were going to be able to to throw it around a little bit together Fifteen minutes later, right when you think that you've you're settled down and you can go back out and watch the start of the next camp session, Brandon Innes commits to Ohio State. Isn't there because he was just there over the, the weekend? Commits to Ohio State. Fast forward fifteen minutes after that, and Dylan Rayola starts the show, as I'll just call it. And Colin Hurley, the 2025 five-star quarterback, starts the show. And there's a Herb Street throwing the ball, and there's a second Rayola throwing the ball around it. Dylan's little brother. And RJ day is chucking it around and Carnell Tate's catching passes from all of them. And there were, I think five or six, four star receivers there to catch the ball as well. And there were some corners that were really talented. It was just a, a talented, talented group. And it's one of the coolest days in the building that I can remember just because you could tell the buzz and the excitement that everyone had. It was really cool to be a part of.
2: Yeah. I mean, obviously I just saw some clips and some highlights of today's stuff and I, I just the way that Dylan Rayola looks is just completely wild to me for somebody who's that young. I mean, he's just so like built and thick and just he looks completely different than what we've kind of gotten used to seeing just from a body type and an Ohio State quarterback. And he's obviously only going to get bigger over these next over these next um, few years. But I guess for you just being there, what did you like? What did you have any big takeaways as far as like the zip on his on the ball or anything like that? Or just any big, big takeaways from somebody who was in person watching?
1: So I was, I was standing beside a couple of the other recruiting analysts and uh, Rayola threw his first pass to his brother. I think it was from five yards away and it just came off in his hand and, and one of the guys looked at me and said, Oh wow. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be something because it does. It just like we talked about it. Berman and I talked about it a lot with Quinn Ewers and, and I'm sure we, you you talked about it as well. The ball just kind of, flew off of his hand it was kind of effortless when you were talking about just standing there throwing the ball and the way it looks and Kyle McCord has a little bit of that too I think CJ Stroud developed that but Kyle McCord has it too where you watch him throw and you just know right away and Dylan Rayola absolutely has that and the more he started to throw it was just very apparent but right behind him you know one of the biggest takeaways for me was like Colin Hurley looks really good for his age like that ball is, it is a laser every time it leaves his hand, and and that's not to to compare him to Dylan Rayola because I think Rayola is the number one prospect in the country regardless of class. Um, and it's I don't even think it's close. He is by far and away the best quarterback prospect I've seen camp. But because I never saw Quinn camp and I never saw C.J. Stroud camp, but to watch Rayola do his thing and and you know those one inch throws over the net and things like that, like it was just so impressive. And and to have the entire you know, camp watching him and to be able to do that. It was, it was something I could talk about it all day, but I think, uh, I think nobody wants to listen to me ramble and they probably just want to hear how good Brian Hartline is at his job.
2: Yeah. So if the last 48 hours has taught us anything, it's just that Brian Hartline is the best in the country at what he does. I mean, regardless of position, I think he's, he's the best recruiter in the country and, I mean, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis. We've kind of been expecting this over the last few weeks, but it's just—I mean, we can't—we can't say enough about what he's what he's done on the trail, what he's going to continue to do. He's already got a few lined up in the class of 2024 that look like they're going to be commitments down the road here at some time, at some point in time. But it's—it's it's just what he's doing on the recruiting trail is unlike anything we've we've ever seen before, quite frankly.
1: Absolutely, and I think you can probably just say the offensive skill recruiting, because, you know, Tony Alford took 2020 personally. And since then he has been on an absolute tear on the trail, Ryan day, obviously, and Corey Dennis do their thing in recruiting and Corey Dennis doesn't get enough credit for the relationships he builds with these quarterbacks. Both of those guys do such a good job recruiting quarterbacks. And then you look at those receivers and it's really just absurd. You know, every time Brian Hartline gets another one of these guys, people just ask themselves, why do they all come? And, and, you know, I was talking about on a radio interview this morning and it's just that competitive excellence. Like these guys want to be great and to be great. They're around other great guys. And Carmel Tate and Brandon Innes are, are going to be, you know, surrounded by great talent and Bryson Rogers, who is going to be slept on in this class. And I beg people not to do that because he's very, very talented. Um, You know, I think Ohio state is, is really lucky to have him in the class and he's not going anywhere in the class, but you know, then you could add, potentially add a Noah Rogers or a Rico Flores. You still got a couple guys out there who are in the mix there. You talk about 2024 and Jojo Trader and, and Jeremiah Smith, like it's not stopping and it's not slowing down. I think that's the scariest thing for people is like, you know, you see these runs slow down sometimes, like, you know, the Alabama defensive backs, the Ohio state defensive backs, you know, different places have the runs, Georgia defensive line, like, Ohio State is not slowing down with offensive skill talent. And that's just, it's almost just the start of it because you're seeing these four and five star guys that Heartline's recruited. They're just now getting to playing time. They're just now getting to the NFL draft. Like he's just going to continue to build a case for guys to continue to come there.
2: Yeah. And I think the other thing that Heartline does that's so great is he gets these guys that are different types of receivers. Like Brandon Innis kind of looks like he's kind of got average size, like six foot, maybe six one looks like somebody who can play in the slot or on the outside, maybe like a Jackson Smith and Jigba type. And then you've got Carnell Tate, who's more like six two and probably projects more of an outside guy like Marvin Harrison Jr. And it's, it's just, you know, just so many different pieces that he's got lined up for these next few years. And the, the future of the passing game is just scary right now. And I know you mentioned, You mentioned uh, Noah Rogers, and that was kind of a weird situation this past weekend. He was on that list of official visitors that was supposed to be coming to town, and and I know we've heard this before from these southern, a lot of the southern guys, like they'll they'll claim that there's flight issues or there's travel problems, and sometimes you just kind of roll your eyes and you just say, well, that kid was never going to come to Ohio State anyway. I, I think the Noah Rogers situation is completely different. I think there were. Definitely some travel difficulties. I know something like thousands of flights were delayed or canceled late last week. So instead of making the trip to Columbus, um, he, he took an unofficial visit to NC State where he's been probably two dozen times right now. And he hung out with some of his high school buddies and friends there. Um, I, I don't think that there's any reason to worry on that recruitment still. I really don't. I think that Brian Hartline wants him to be the fourth wideout in the class that would complete the class. And I think here in the next 48 hours, we're going to know definitively what Rogers is going to do because Rico Flores, the California receiver is supposed to make his official visit this weekend. And if that visit does happen, then I think maybe there's some uncertainty on the, on the Noah Rogers front. So. And and if that's not
1: to say that Rico Flores is a consolation prize because he's a really talented player, which is just crazy to think about that. But I agree, if Rico Flores visits, I think Rico Flores might be in the class and Noah Rogers might be on the outside looking in. And I, I, I know that's going to be weird, especially you know, if Notre Dame fans ever listen to this show. Like Notre Dame's in a really good spot for Rico Flores. I'm just here to tell you, if Rico Flores visits Ohio State, that recruitment might be done. And so this is going to be a very, very fascinating 72 hours for Brian Hartline to get those things sorted out.
2: Yeah, I mean Rico Flores is a he could be like the crown jewel of a receiver in a normal, non Brian Hartline receiving hall, and I know Notre Dame fans are just kind of on pins and needles now, waiting to see if he does make that flight to Columbus. I know he canceled his visit to Georgia, but this is this next forty eight hours is going to be kind of pivotal because I think they're going to try to get an answer from um, from Rogers, from Noah Rogers, to either commit publicly or tell them that he's in. He's supposed to visit North Carolina this weekend. I kind of would be surprised if he doesn't do that just because his, uh, his brother is there. So I think if, if we do not see Rico Flores visiting this weekend, then that is going to tell us all we need to know about Noah Rogers being in and the uh, 23 Ohio state receiver class being finished basically.
1: Absolutely. And I think that's where we can kind of maybe pivot a little bit to the guys who are going to be protecting those skill guys, because the 23 receiver class seems to be pretty cut and dry. The 23 interior offensive line class is pretty cut and dry. I think it's full. The 2023 offensive tackle class is as wide open and interesting as I think I've ever seen a tackle recruiting, you know, search in, in Ohio state. I, maybe you've got a story of, you know, when they were trying to find a tackle, maybe the, the Jackson Carmen, you know, uh, Nicholas Petit Frere recruitment comes to mind, but I haven't seen as much uncertainty as to who's going to visit, uh, you know, in a long time. And you talk about, I, I want to say his name, but I don't want to butcher it. So I'm, I'm sorry. Oluwatson uh, Babalade Bob-a- visit, officially visited last weekend. The weekend before that you, you had, uh, you know, you had a visitor, Miles Walker, the official visit, and he's, you know, a three-star guy, but Ohio State really likes his upside. And they talked about how, you know, maybe he could be like a crown, like a, uh, you know, uh, not needle in the haystack, but an underrated gem in this class when it's all said and done. But now the weekend, this weekend takes a different turn, and you have one of the big guns on campus. You've got Ola Salin and, you know, a four star Connecticut offensive tackle who is one of the top 10, 15 tackles in the country, depending on who you ask. And that's the kind of player that, that Justin Fry and Ryan Daniel has. They need. In this class, they absolutely need talented tackles who can step in and be, you know, a backup tackle or potentially a starter in the first two years on campus. Uh, Olas is a big one, and that's not to diminish what Miles Walker and and the other tackle were in the last two weekends, but Olas is a big, it's, that's a big visit.
2: Yeah, I think in terms of just the most important visitors this upcoming weekend, I mean, he's right up there toward the top of the list. I think Ohio state kind of got a bit of good news earlier this week. There was a uh, four-star tackle from Alabama who was kind of trending towards old miss, but then he committed to Alabama. I think it was on Monday. So Alabama is the other main competition in the, uh, sweepstakes. So that was kind of good to see Alabama, you know, get another tackle committed. So, but in terms of just the offensive tackle class in general, I mean, Justin Fry is still relatively new, but, um, they need to, they need to add somebody like an Ola Salin and then maybe like a Miles Walker to be more of a long-term, maybe more of a project type. And then Luke, Luke Montgomery, we keep saying, we don't know if he's going to be an inside guy or an outside guy, but this is going to be a big weekend for, for, for Justin Fry.
1: And if, you know, maybe it's a blessing in disguise, if Luke Montgomery becomes a tackle. And I think it would be a good thing for Ohio state. Luke looks like he's beginning to form into a tackle. He's growing into a tackles body. Um, you know, I think I think his his dad would be okay with him being a tackle. I've talked a little bit to Mike. You know, he he, he kind of seems open to the idea of maybe he's not a guard, maybe he's a tackle, maybe he's a swing guy who can play either. That versatility will help him definitely at Ohio State, definitely when he gets to the next level, if he, he can get that far. Um, but to have a big name at tackle on campus the same time Luke Montgomery is. Uh, that's big because Luke Montgomery is the bona fide leader in this recruiting class, you know, and 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 he needs to make that pitch as clear as possible to Salin and like, hey, we Ohio State needs you in this class. It's not a want. It's not a luxury like maybe Alabama has. It, it's a need, and and that's going to be big. Um, and I guess that's where we can kind of pivot to the just the official visit weekend. We we've got to break this down. I can't help but, you know, I don't want to gloss over last weekend. It was a big one. But like you said, it was really an appetizer when you compare it to what's about to come on campus this weekend. Uh, I actually haven't told you this, but we're going to each pick, we'll go, you know, one by one and pick five guys that we're just like really intrigued by that are visiting this weekend. You have the list in front of you?
2: Got it right up here.
1: All right, perfect. So, okay. <laughs> so I'll let you go first. Uh, we're going to pick five guys from the June 24th, 26th official visit weekend uh, you know, like I said, one at a time, so you don't take all five of mine, but, but let's go through these and just, you know, that'll give us 10 guys who we're really intrigued by that are going to be visiting.
2: Okay. My, my number one pick, I think is the kind of the easy choice. Who's probably the most important visitor this weekend coming off his official visit to, uh, to Alabama. That's going to be five-star Georgia safety Caleb Downs. So he's, he's at the top of my list, even with two safeties already committed. I mean, he might be the best defensive player in the country regardless of position. So getting him on campus for his last official visit, he wants to decide before the season starts. And that's just, it's just a huge visit.
1: So I'm glad that you took Caleb downs because the people already know my feelings on Caleb downs. They're very public. They're out in the open. You can go see him on Caleb downs is on three ratings page because I have him, of course, or I have him RPM to Ohio state. So you, you kind of took that from me, and I, I appreciate that, so I don't really feel the pressure of taking him. So I'm going to go ahead and go with Troy Bowles, Florida linebacker. Um, a lot of buzz about his visit coming up. Um, I know that that has seemed to maybe trend away from Ohio State a little bit, but I think that's just because his visit to Ohio State comes at the end of the month rather than at the beginning of the month. I think Ohio State feels really good about where they're at with Troy Bowles. And, you know, if, if other schools have been able to come here with Troy – Ohio State can get back up in that lead because I think they did lead for him at one point, and I think they might be able to retake the lead. I'm not saying he's going to lock it down after this visit, but I do think there's an opportunity for Jim Knowles, for that defensive staff, those those high-energy guys that are under Knowles, to to show him exactly the plan for him. And, you know, former NFL guys and NFL guys like Todd Bowles, they like how Ohio State teaches things. They like the developmental plan. They know what Ohio State can do for guys – Don't sleep on Troy Bowles as a potential guy who comes out of this visit, you know, feeling good about Ohio state and Ohio state
2: feeling good about him. Yep. That's a good pick. I'm going to stick with the linebacker position. Uh, My number two guy will be Tackett Curtis, the Louisiana linebacker. Um, He, he, again, it seems like it's Ohio state, it's Wisconsin, it's USC. Um, Jim Knowles has been on that one for a long time. He was a top target when he was at Oklahoma state still Uh, for him to make it up here this weekend. It's, it's, I mean, it's one of the biggest, one of the biggest weekend visitors. I think that despite those other two schools kind of being mentioned the most, I still feel like maybe LSU is actually the school that's kind of concerning me the most. He took an unofficial visit there a few weeks back. His family, I think, is like season ticket holders uh, down in Baton Rouge. but if they can lock him up and lock maybe Troy Bulls up, then that's, that's a really that's a solid linebacker class for Jim Knowles in his first uh, full, full cycle.
1: All right. That's a, that's a great pick. And I, I think that you hit the nail on the head there. That's why I'm going to flip it to the other side of the ball. And I'm going to take a little bit of a surprise pick. People think this is almost like a, I don't know, maybe like a charity visit, but it's actually not that at all. Um, I'm going to go four star, maybe five star, let's let's see. No, very high four star number 45 player in the on three consensus running back justice Haynes from Georgia. Uh, this is a guy who is a Georgia legacy who lives down in Georgia and is almost like just thought to be a lock to the Bulldogs. But I just – I've got a weird feeling about this one. Ohio State is really confident with where they sit with, with Justice Haynes. They feel really good about this upcoming visit. And, you know, Ohio State is pretty honest with itself when it's recruiting guys like this. That they kind of understand how this is going to all end up. And with the Justice Haynes recruitment, it just doesn't seem like there's that sense that they know where this is going to end up trending. And that makes you think that they feel like they can actually make an impression on Justice Haynes. You know, he's a guy who is, his dad has, like I said, played for Georgia, played a little bit in the NFL. His sister did not stay in the state of Georgia to go to college. This is not a family that has, you know, strict allegiances to Georgia despite those bloodlines being from, you know, down in Athens in the program. So Ohio State has a big chance here. Like I said, Tony Alford's been on a tear on the recruiting trail. Justice Haynes will be the perfect second back with Mark Fletcher. This visit is bigger than people are giving it credit for, and I'm excited to see where it goes after the
2: visit. Yeah, that's a great pick. I think if there was if somebody asked us to give one name that nobody's expecting to end up at Ohio State, who ultimately will, I, I feel like not that we're putting in RPM picks or anything like that, but people need to start paying more attention to the justice Haynes recruitment. And this weekend he was at Bama last weekend. This weekend is going to be absolutely huge there. Um, my third guy, I'm going to stick in the state of Georgia, uh, and Lee, the four-star cornerback previously committed to Georgia. Um, I think he's visited Florida and a few other places of late, but, um, Ohio state's the RPM leader right now. I think he's going to be, he could be the guy to kind of compliment Dijon Johnson there at cornerback. So a uh, big weekend for, for, uh, for for 4 starter corner Kay and Lee, so Tim Walton, Perry Eliano will be all over that one.
1: Yeah, and when you talk about Kay and Lee, uh, Ohio State hired Miguel Patrick as a, on its sports staff in its in its building. Former Kay and Lee coach at Cedar Grove down in Georgia, so he's got some ties here in Columbus, and he's not going to feel uncomfortable. He's going to to really, uh, I think he's going to enjoy that visit. And I think Ohio State's going to really put the uh, the full court press, trying to get him to. You know, to become part of that that Tim Walton cornerback room, uh, you're making this tough on me because he was my next guy. So, I I think I'm going to to take. I'm not going to take Olos because we already talked about him. I think that's a little maybe a little cheap. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm going to take Jason Moore, the defensive lineman out of out of Maryland, out of Demathic Demathic Catholic. This is a guy who you know defensive ends from Demathic they're going to consider Ohio State no matter what. But the, the current RPM project, projection has him going to Notre Dame, you know, in a runaway recruitment. I don't think that's the case. I think Ohio State has a chance to really show him some things on this visit. Larry Johnson does a really good job on these visits and just sitting those guys down, breaking down the film with them and giving them something that you don't see in a lot of programs. Well, first of all, because he's Larry Johnson. But second of all, just the way he orchestrates his visits is just different. And I think he's got a chance to do that with Jason Moore. Make an impression on him. And and this could be a recruitment that starts to tilt a little bit, maybe toward one of those, you know, Ohio State's creeping up for a top-rated defensive end mm-hmm. recruitment. It just feels like it's going to trend that way. I'm I'm pretty intrigued to see exactly how this goes. I think Jason Moore is going to be a big part of this visit weekend.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick, too. Um, I'm going to stick on the defensive line and stick in the state of Georgia here. I'm going to go with uh, four-star defensive lineman uh, Darren Reed. I know he visited, I think, LSU recently, and there's been some kind of pro-LSU buzz. Um, But with only one defensive lineman committed right now and Will Smith Jr., um, getting some more guys in the fold there is going to be huge for Larry Johnson. So I will take Darren Reed as Ohio State tries to kind of fight off some of those SEC schools for him.
1: Yeah, and he's a guy who took an official to Clemson, which you don't see a lot of guys take officials to Clemson, especially in June. Official to to LSU, like you said, then official to Miami – not really a lot of movement there in that recruitment Ohio state could maybe take the lead there uh, you know, in short order. That's a, that's a really good pick. I'm going to go a little, maybe off the wall. um, And, and, and just take a, maybe a shot in the dark here. I'm going to go Jelani Thurman, the the tight end from Georgia. I know this is kind of weird because obviously it's already got one tight end. He's really talented kid. Um, But I, I just have a feeling that Ohio state's going to want that second tight end. It, It, we talk about it every year. Do they take two tight ends? Well, the depth there is a little interesting right now, and Ohio State has a good chance to make at that impression. Ty Lockwood was on campus last weekend. They know how good he can be. Jelani Thurman's a guy who, again, doesn't really have a lot of those uh, allegiances inside the state of Georgia. Right now, You know the, the, the RPM's all over the place for him. Maybe Ohio State starts to take the lead in that. I know Kevin Wilson wants another top tight end target. He's not going to settle for one, so if they don't get one in this, he's just going to move on to 24. But if they can make an impression with Jelani Thurman, everyone knows I like talking about the, the weird positions. Not a lot of people do. I'm gonna, so I'm gonna beat that drum a little bit and talk about Jelani Thurman. I think he could, he could really creep up on people's boards after this weekend.
2: Yeah, that's a good pick. I'm gonna stick with uh, cornerback and say uh, four-star Christian Gray from St. Louis, Missouri. Seems like Notre Dame has all the buzz with him, but I think he's announcing on the 4th of July and Ohio State is scheduled to get his last official visit this weekend. So maybe he's another guy who could be back there with uh, Dijon Johnson. Um, We'll see. But um, if it's Ohio State versus Notre Dame for a position like wide receiver or cornerback, usually you like Ohio State's chances, but he does seem to be a pretty – he does seem to be leading the Irish right now. So we'll see if Ohio State can uh, change the tune of that recruitment. I think it's
1: interesting that Ohio State's hosting he and Kay and Lee in the same week, and That's 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 an interesting way that they they did that. Maybe they didn't mean to. Maybe they didn't want to do it that way if they had to. But to have both those guys on campus, I think you 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 walk away from this week and probably feeling good about one of them, maybe not the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to finish this off maybe with a cheapy, but I think he's the most important player in the class. I think it's way too important not to talk about the fact that the official visit of Luke Montgomery is happening this weekend—it's not that there's any sort of trouble there. I'm not saying that at all. But Ohio State not only gets to have him on the official visit and finally pay for everything uh, that Luke has done, maybe pay him back a little bit for what he's done for this class so far, and host him and you know give him the the, the nice dinners and the, and the nice the you know nice rides around Columbus, stuff like that. But also, he's going to be such a pivotal part of the pitch. I mean, I don't think people realize you know, we talked about, about, you know, CJ Hicks as captain Buckeye. We talked about Kyle McCord as the guy who is leading that class. I don't think people realize just how much of a recruiter Luke Montgomery is. He's, he's a, a talkative kid who loves to be at camps just so he can get in the ear of top prospects. He loves the Twitter talk. He loves being the guy who's always tweeting the emojis at all the recruits. He is such a big part of what the Buckeyes are trying to do in this 2023 class. And I think, to have him on campus, not just to try to recruit Olaza but all of these guys that are on campus. like They don't just have to talk to coaches. They can talk to Luke Montgomery, who's already in the fold. He's going to be a big part of this weekend, and that's why he's my fifth guy. Uh, nothing to do with any sort of funny business going on there. I just think he's way too important not to mention in this show.
2: Yeah, I'm right there with you on that. He was right in the middle of all the Carnell Tate and Brandis Innes Brandon Innis stuff these last 48 hours too just tweeting things and that kind of stuff. I've got i uh, I've still got tweet notifications turned on for Luke Montgomery and they're just, it's like a nonstop. It's a non-stop barrage of Buckeye emojis and that kind of thing. So that's, that's a good pick on your part.
1: Absolutely. And I think, I don't know, should we, should we wrap it up a little bit? Do, do we want to, we don't need an in or out. I don't think, I think there's maybe a couple other things we could probably hit on. Maybe, maybe let's, yeah, let, let's dive into a little bit. What the biggest takeaway maybe from the last weekend? Because I don't want to go way chronologically out of order, but I also don't want to just dismiss what last weekend meant for the program. You talk about Brandon Innes visiting. Rogers was supposed to visit. There was a quarterback on campus. Jermaine Matthews is now. You know, it it feels like it could be a matter of time maybe before he joins the class and it becomes you know, locks himself in there. But also Calvin Simpson Hunt has those ties to Ohio that we kind of hinted at a little bit. Jaden Bonsu was on camp. There was some guys there. Uh, biggest takeaway from the weekend that was uh, last weekend, Andrew.
2: So I think sometimes when people don't, when people see recruits coming off an official visit and they don't see like the Brandon Innes commitment coming like two days after the visit or whatever, they kind of worry and freak out a little bit. Like we haven't heard much about, um, Calvin Simpson hunt. We haven't heard a whole lot about J- from Jaden Bonsu other than uh, he canceled his scheduled visit for next weekend for was supposed to be at Texas. Um, I, I just think there's still like a lot of things going on behind the scenes on those couple recruitments. So just because you have a couple prospects that aren't as vocal on Twitter and that kind of thing, um, it doesn't mean that good things are not going on kind of but behind the scenes. So that's outside of Brian Hartline being the best in the world at what he does. That's kind of the biggest thing that I saw this past weekend we're still trying to get an answer on quarterback recruiting um I kind of think that's going to happen here in the next couple weeks uh Austin Novaside was back at Baylor last weekend Ohio State hosted Brock Glenn so I think we could have an answer there here in the next two-ish weeks so we'll see I know this isn't the most important quarterback class but they do need to get a guy so
1: I would agree with that I'm going to maybe stick around the same theme I didn't expect Calvin Simpson hunt to make a lot of noise out of his visit. He is a, a commit elsewhere. So it's, it's interesting. You know, you don't, he probably doesn't want to upset the apple card and love it too much as a tech tech commit. And Jaden Bonds, who's not a guy who's really going to be very vocal. He's not going to talk to a lot of media anyways. So, you know, you want to hear about those recruitments because they're so interesting in the grand scheme of the 23 class, but also you don't expect to hear a lot out of those guys. One guy that you do expect to hear a lot out of, that is very vocal on social media after his visits. That has not been, and I think it's very telling. Is Joe Nell Aguero, the the four or five star borderline guy uh, out of out of Danvers, Massachusetts. Uh, you know, he's he. I don't. He's not playing there right now, but he he is from Massachusetts, and he's a very very outspoken. You know, not attention seeker, but he's a guy who's not afraid of the spotlight on Twitter or you know any social media. And you he, he really haven't heard a lot out of that visit. I think that's pretty telling. I'm not going to rule Ohio State completely out, but I do think it was a little bit of a, of a giveaway that that you're not hearing a lot of buzz out of that that recruitment. I don't mean to let Ohio State fans down. You know, you still have Caleb Downs coming in. You still have different uh, defensive backs who are very highly rated who are going to make an impact if they decide to choose Ohio State. Jonah Maguero, I do not believe will be one of them, and that was probably my biggest takeaway from the weekend.
2: Yeah, and worth noting, Ohio State now has the number one class in the country. So that's that's a good thing.
1: Well, okay, so there's where we'll end it. There's where we'll end it. I, I want to know, on June 21st, with all of these potential targets, I asked you know a couple of different people, and I didn't give very good answers, what will it take for this Ohio State class that might end up being in the 27, 28-player range to – to win the recruiting crown?
2: Well, first of all, it's going to take Ohio State to be in the 27 to 28 player range, which I really don't think is going to happen. So, I, I mean, I just think it's the numbers game. Like, I, I'm, I'm expecting Ohio State to finish third or fourth somewhere in there with with the final rankings. Um, it, it's just all about the numbers, you know? How many guys is Texas A&M going to take? How many guys is Alabama going to take? Which I don't even know where Alabama is ranked right now. It's absurdly low, and we know it's not going to end that way. So, I I mean, it's not a class where Ohio state's going to have a premier five-star quarterback like next cycle they already do. So I, I don't know. I just don't really see a path to that happening unless some other schools lose some big time commitments due to coaching changes or what, have, or what have you. So I, I don't know. I don't really have an answer to that because I just don't think it's really in the cards to be honest.
1: Well, the one thing that I think is interesting and the one thing that I, you know, the, the recruiting services really do a great job anymore you know i'm not going to you know downplay what the other recruiting services are doing at all because all of them do really the lord's work for us we don't really have to worry about much cuz we can go to to the recruiting services and see how good these guys are but the one thing that that i love i really do love about the on3 database is the the score is not a number that can be boosted by taking 31 players that's true is, Ohio State is the number one ranked class right now with a score of 93.125 and that is the average commit because that we're not worried about mm-hmm. you know that you have 32 guys in your class or 29 guys like how good are the players and so if you talk about it from that angle I think Ohio State has a chance if you talk about Caleb Downs you talk about maybe Justice Haynes coming into class you talk about you know maybe Landon laying like. You're looking at starting to put those pieces together. Maybe another top-notch receiver, Noah Rogers or Rico Flores. You talk about Troy Bowles, Tack Curtis. Like, those are really, really talented players. Defensive line's not going to slouch. You know, not going to be a bunch of slouches. Uh, and and the corners could be really good in this class. Ended up too. The average score of player is where I've always paid attention to, and that's what I like about this on database. And that's why I think Ohio State could end up with the on three consensus, number one class. That's not the recruiting crown that a lot of people always think of when they think of that, but any win Ohio state can get like that. It's going to take, and I'll tell you what, if that does happen, we'll talk about it a ton, obviously, because on three is our, is our own database, but also because it's a huge accomplishment to have the highest per player average in a class.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And now that you've kind of reminded me of that, they probably can finish with the number one class. Now that I think about that, I think to get to that point, they need to avoid taking too many project types in the trenches. So offensive line, defensive line, they need to avoid those low three-star type of guys. And I know sometimes those guys pay off. Dewan Jones is going to be, he's already great. But if they want to finish with the number one class, um, they need to kind of keep that to a minimum.
1: And, you know, Will Smith Jr. I think will receive a ratings bump. He's the lowest rated player in the class. Bryson Rogers after his recent seven on seven performance out in Las Vegas is going to get a ratings bump. That number one class right now so far could see a little bit of a bump and put some, put some air between Ohio state and Notre Dame for that. We'll see where it ends up. Obviously Alabama and Georgia and Texas A&M are going to, to just absolutely kill it because they always do. And that's who they are. But the Buckeyes have a chance. They've got a fighter's chance here. And I don't think they're going to shy away from that, from that fight at all. Um, and I guess that's where we end things tonight. Uh, it's a little bit of a longer show, maybe was it was it longer? Was it shorter? Uh, it's it's a good good time show. Uh, I think we did a, a pretty good job wrapping everything up. Camp season is over. Um, there's a junior high seven on seven that I will. I'm sorry, junior high seven on seven goers, Letterman Row will not be there. Um, I, I've made the decision that I don't think it's it's necessary. So, uh, camp season's in the books. Uh, Official visit season is not, and it's a huge weekend upcoming for Ohio State. Andrew and I will probably be back next week to break it all down after what should be just a wild weekend on the trail. But uh, that is Andrew. I am Spencer. Uh, This has been the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Letterman Row. Uh, Make sure to subscribe, uh, join us on the Letterman Lounge message board, and we will see you next time.